Now let's stand to our feet this last Sunday morning of the year. Oh, let's celebrate the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. What he's brought you through this year. What he's, what he, how he's blessed you this year. Things that you thought you would never be able to see the end of. Things that you never thought that there would be any way out. He delivered you. You're standing here today to start a new year. What an amazing God he is. Amen. He's our firm foundation. Christ is my firm foundation, the rock on which I stand. Everything around me is shaken. I've never been more glad that I put my faith in Jesus. He's never He won't. He won't. 
love I can't comprehend Nails through his feet and his hands Calvary crucified And on that day We conquered hell, defeated the grave You're the name above every name Jesus, our voices cry out, you are welcome. 
Our voices cry out, you are worthy Angels bow down and sing holy Holy is your name, Jesus Oh Jesus, wonderful Savior, Redeemer Faithful Father forever My beginning and my Cry out, you, you are, are worthy. Angels bow down and sing, Holy, holy is your name, Jesus. Oh, Jesus, wonderful Savior, Redeemer, faithful Father forever. My beginning and my end My beginning and my end oh, To the one who wore The crown of thorns To the one who took the lash and scourge for the hands and feet that were pierced by nails for the sacrifice that has torn the veil we crown you, we fall face down and we worship, we all cry out, you are worthy, God, you are worthy, God, we crown you, we fall face down and we worship, we all you are worthy, God. You are worthy, God. To the one who gave his very life away, who took upon himself. All our guilt and shame hanging on the cross For the world He loved And with His precious blood Purchased men for God And we crown you We fall face down and we we all cry out, you are worthy, God, you are worthy, God, yes, we crown you.
we give you honor and glory to the one who endured all the shame of the cross to the lamb who was slain as atonement for us to the son who overcame all the power of death we praise for the stripes for the wounds for the beating you bore for the tears for the blood that you willingly poured for the merciful, wonderful majesty of your love. To the one who endured all the shame of the cross, to the Lamb who was slain as atonement for us, to the Son who overcame all the power of death, we praise. You are worthy. You are worthy, 
yes you are and worthy is your name Jesus you deserve the praise worthy is your name worthy is your name Jesus you Oh, oh, 
and all the earth will shout your praise our hearts will cry these bones will sing great
There's no one like you. Great are you, Lord. No other name like yours. Great are you. Our devotion poured out on the feet of Jesus. Our affection, our devotion poured out on the feet of Jesus. Our affection, our devotion poured out on the feet of Jesus, our affection, our devotion, poured out on the feet of Jesus. Our affection, our devotion, poured out on the feet of Jesus. Our affection, our devotion, poured out on the Jesus, our affection, our devotion, poured out on the feet of Jesus. We love you, and oh, how we love you, and you are the Jesus, we love you. Oh, how we love you. You are the one our hearts adore. We love you, Jesus, we love you. Oh, how we Fathers, we stand in this place today on the very threshold of a new year. We think back over the last year and we see how many times and in how many incredible ways you moved in our lives. How you've touched family members and friends. How you poured out your spirit. How you sent angels to intervene in dangerous moments 
how you've spoken your word and how it has grown in our lives. We reflect back and we give you praise for that. We, we, we love you and we, we sing your praise. But God, you're not a backward-looking God and we're not a backward-looking people. We're looking forward. We're looking ahead. And we're praising you even now. We're sending praise and we're sending worship into the year before us, God. As, as we sing your praise, you've already gone before us and we're coming into this new year. Father, with, a, with an attitude and a hunger and a desire for you that's been unlike anything else that we've experienced before, God. God, God forbid that we would even think it's just another year. This is going to be a year of incredible proportion of what the Spirit of the Lord is about to do in the earth and through His church. And God, we have that sense. There is that sense in this place, even this morning, that God, there is something just across the horizon that God, you have prepared. And we are placing ourselves in a place to walk in it. To walk in it. Not stand and receive, but to walk into it, Lord God. I, I, I really feel that in my spirit. All week long I've been feeling, the Lord is saying, get ready not to just receive. So many in the church are, are in a receive mode, kind of sitting there receiving. God says, I've already prepared it. Now walk into it. Walk into it. Because it, God's not calling us to be static. He's not calling us to be just in, a, in to remain as we are. We, we've been singing songs this morning in worship and talking about how incredible he is and how awesome he is and and and, and what God is doing. Look, he, it's his breath in your lungs, not for you to re remain quiet. It's his blood that has covered you, not to make you just sit there like a bump on a log. It's the spirit of the Lord who resides within you to empower you in this coming days for what God wants to do. He's created you, designed you for such a purpose in such a time as this. So I want us to sing this chorus one more time. And let's just do it together and lift it up as an anthem of praise to the Lord for what He has done and what He's about to do. Come on. Know how we, we love you. You are the one heart. Our hearts adore. Jesus, we love you. Know how we
Jesus, we love you. Oh, how we love you. Oh, how we love you. You are the one our hearts adore. Thank you, Lord. Holy Spirit, in this place today, you know every person. You know every nuance about them, every situation, every circumstance. And we pray that let the Father's purpose be brought to pass in this place. And let the kingdom of heaven be declared. And that it be brought forth in lives that will be changed for all eternity. Not just for a New Year's weekend or not just for a New Year's Eve not just for a, a, just a short period we're talking about transformation Lord God that when we look in the mirror that God we will see the miraculous being worked out in our own lives Lord, let your kingdom come and your kingdom purposes be done in this place today. In this place today. I, I just want to be obedient to the Lord right now. I just, you know, my mind, I'm arguing with myself. You ever argue with yourself about, about timing? Timing is right about everything. And, and I said it a moment ago. And I felt the Holy Spirit say, go back to that, go back to that. There's some of you, you've come into this place today and you feel like that you're, please don't take this wrong, but you're, you're kind of stagnant. You're just kind of like treading water spiritually in your life. And you come this morning wanting God to do something to change that. I, I sense the Holy Spirit saying that moment's right now. I'm, I'm trying to say, Lord, but you know what? That message you gave me to preach, it should be at the end. He said, no, 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 it's right now. And if you understand what I'm saying, I'm not, I don't want to know. I don't need to know. But if, if that's you, and you understand what I'm saying? You say, Pastor, I feel I'm putting on a good front. I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of treading water and I, I'm, I'm looking all right, doing okay on the outside. But on the inside, I'm, I'm desperately desiring God to just kind of move me, do a jump start in my life. I don't, I just cannot go through another week another month another year like i am i want you just to come stand right now won't you come stand right now i feel the stirring of the waters i feel the stirring of the waters like in the book of john jesus came to a man who had been crippled lame by the pool of bethesda for so many years and he said do you want to be healed and the man began to make excuses he began to say well i don't have it and jesus said i he basically said, I didn't ask you 
If you have somebody to put you in the water, do you want to be healed? Because the one who can do that is standing right before you right now. And that's what I sense right now. Holy Spirit's moving. He's stirring right now. He's stirring right now. Come on. Look, I'm not saying you're a bad person. I'm not saying. But you know what? It is easy to get in a rut. It is easy to become stagnant. Just kind of treading. Just kind of just remaining in that same place. And you're saying, Lord, I'm wanting a move. I want you to move in my life right now. Look, you don't need me to do it. You need God to do it. Come on. I'm just going to ask the worship team to keep on ministering right now. You've come forward right now. Now, I want you to begin to tell the Lord what is it you need. What is it you're looking for? Because I guarantee you, if we went down the line, it's not the same from person to person. What is it you want God to do? Pour out your heart right now. Pour out your heart. Let's go back. Can we go back to that song? Pour out your heart. Pour out your praise. God, it's, it's your breath. It's your love. It's your life that's in me right now. And I want you to do something. I move me, God. Stir me, God. Stir in me. Stir in me. Stir in me. He's going to stir it up right now. He's going to stir it up right now. Stir it up right now. Stir it up right now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Stir it up right now. Stir it up right now. Right now. Right now, God.
to be praised I said he is great and mighty to be praised hallelujah glory to your name father we just we're thrilled and we're excited Lord God that God that you are working all things together for our good according to your purpose that brings glory and honor to your name and so now we pray simply, Lord, open our hearts and open our minds to your holy word, we pray. Amen and amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Thank you, worship team. Why don't you just thank our worship team for their faithfulness every week. 
Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Well, it's that time of year. I mean, it is the end of the year. It's hard to imagine, isn't it? And uh, I, I woke up this morning thinking I had one more day before the end of the year and didn't realize this was it, you know. Yesterday, I thought it was Sunday, and that threw me off. So then I woke up today thinking I had one more day, and then I realized, no, it's Sunday. It's today. Somebody said, Pastor, what are you eating? What are you drinking? Are you getting enough rest? Yeah, but it's just, it's just, it's weird timing. Yeah, yeah, that's all I could say. But we thank you, and we're so glad that you're here today, and I pray that you had a blessed Christmas. And uh, how many of you are actively looking forward for what God has for you in the coming year? I've already had a couple of people say, let's just kick out 2023 and move on into 2024. I said, yeah, it's leap year. We get an extra blessed day. And so anyway, um, thank you for your giving. Thank you for your, for your faithfulness. And, and uh, if, if you didn't see Pastor Tracy's post on Facebook, uh, I'll just mention she didn't ask me to do it. Can I do it? Yeah. Um, the, the children had set a goal this year for uh, BGMC and their project rescue. Um, you've seen things throughout the, throughout the year. Uh, $6,000. And as of um, Thursday, I think it was, they had 5500 So they were, which we praise God for. Yeah, They're done in the bank. Uh, and so she, she put a post out there saying, 10 people, 50 bucks, we can make the 6,000. And you'll hear screaming coming from Children's Church upstairs. Or you can do more, that's obviously. But so I just thought I'd let you know that. And we, we don't pass an offering basket or a bucket or anything like that unless it's a special occasion. Uh, but we do have boxes on the back wall where you can drop in your offering or in your tithes. We also have uh, an app, a Tithely app. You can download that for your phone. You can go to the website. You have, we have text to give. Um, whichever way is easiest for you. I just use the app and do it that way because it's instant. The main, right then and there, I don't have to worry about writing it out. And I, my handwriting got so bad, I don't know if I could write a check anymore. You know, I mean, I guess it would go through to the bank. I don't know, as long as there's money in there. But anyway, we thank you for your faithfulness in that. Uh, I, I want to get right into the message this morning. And this may seem like a strange thing because it's after Christmas, but yet we got Christmas decorations still around, right? And uh, in fact, I saw someone posted on social media the other day, what day do you start taking down all your Christmas decorations? And man, all these people were getting into it. You know, some were like the day, Christmas day, some of them were right on Christmas day. And it brought to remembrance one Christmas, my daughter and will remember this, that when we lived in Vashery, Louisiana, we... We had a little tiny house, and it was a camp, fishing camp, surely what it was. And it was like 10 feet off the ground because the water was eight feet outside the back door. And uh, we, we, we didn't have money for a tree, and we always had had live trees in my house. And so we had gone over to a person's house in the church just a day before, a couple days before, and cut down a humongous cedar tree uh, that they needed cut down. And, and I looked at the top of that tree that was laying down. I mean, it was a huge cedar tree. And I said, you know, that little top would make a cute little Christmas tree. 
And so we cut off the top and I took it home and we decorated it. And my wife has allergies. And she found out that she has severe allergies to that tree. So you have to picture this now. Our house, a little 900 square foot home up on pylons, right outside over the, the 60 foot canal out there. All our neighbors can see everything. We opened all our gifts and within two hours or so, that tree was going out the door over the railing probably before some people even had opened their gifts. And they're probably thinking, what in the world's going on up there? It wasn't anything bad. It was just that she was sneezing for like two days. And it, she said, never again. And I learned my lesson. We've never done that again. And uh, so, but that's what came to mind when I thought about it. I said, some people, they, you know, it's like, I want to keep it up till after New Year's. And in the, uh, the Eastern Church, uh, uh, the date of the Epiphany is, is Christmas for them, so January 6th or so, somewhere around there. But we often talk about the night before Christmas. You know, we have stories, we have books about the night before Christmas and things like that. But what about the day or week after Christmas? What about that? Uh, leading up to Christmas, we hear a lot about the spirit of Christmas or Christmas spirit is in the air, that kind of thing. And it's an it's a unusual thing when you stop and think about it because once a year, around the month of December or so, people's attitudes kind of go through an annual change, just like the seasons of the year, you know. People start talking about peace and goodwill, and uh, many people go out of their way to give something extra, you know, um, people standing out there with bells and little red buckets and whatever, you know, they'll put a little something extra in there. They'll either give and some will even forgive. Families get together and we call it the spirit of Christmas or Christmas spirit, whichever way. But there's one problem with the Christmas spirit. And that is that it passes and it passes very quickly. Overnight, Christmas songs disappear. I mean, for how long? I mean, before Thanksgiving, I walked in a store in another state and heard Christmas carols playing. I went, give the turkey a chance. You know, give them, a, wait until the day after at least, you know. Somebody said the other day, just yesterday, they said, one of the stores in town's already got Valentine's stuff out. I mean, you know, man, we're not even out of December yet. But I mean... It's, it's instant, overnight. The Christmas spirit just gone. The Christmas songs are gone. Lights that have been on are now shut off and coming down. The baking of goods suddenly stops. Everybody say, oh, right? <laughs> yeah. It's almost if someone just snaps their fingers and the Christmas spirit's gone. And suddenly, the old feelings, normalcy, comes back again. The sad thing about the departure of the spirit of Christmas, the kindness, the generosity, the peace, the goodwill, the warm relationships, is that it is something we long for and something we look for deep down in the human heart. 
I mean, you hear people say it all the time, I'd love Christmas time. There's something unique. Some of us who are up in age, we get nostalgic. We remember what it was like when we were young. I mean, uh, I think I told Justin, my son-in-law, uh, on Christmas Day that one of the kids had a microphone thing they were singing with that lit up and did all that. And I said, in my day, we pick up a stick <laughs> and sing into it, you know, or a, a hairbrush or something, you know, I mean, you know, I said, I remember when my grandfather on my mom's side, my, my granddad came to the house one time, and um, when we actually lived near them, being in a military home many years, we, we spent c completely across the country. My grandfather came one time, and he had all kinds of pieces of wood and two coffee cans, big coffee cans, full of every kind of nail that you can imagine. And he handed it to me and my brother, who's about 13 months younger than me, and said, have fun. Oh, yeah, here's a couple of hammers. Man, we, we nailed stuff together. We tore the nails back out, built stuff. We, we put so many holes in those blocks of wood. But, you know, we made things out of it. That's the way it was. We were nostalgic about those things, you know. I'm, I remember those things. But it's like the day after Christmas, suddenly everything that we led up to is gone. And the sad thing is that the things that we so much long for deep down in our hearts is so short-lived. They're short-lived in our heart. And one of the most striking illustrations that I can think of, and I know many of you have probably heard the story, but for those who have never heard it, I'm going to give you the, the cliff note version of it because there's a lot of details I'm going to leave out. But back during World War I, and no, I was not alive during that time. I, but I do remember reading about it as a kid. During World War I on December 24th, that night, in the trenches, some of you shaking your heads already, you know where I'm going with this. It was a cold, dark night, and the British were on one side, Germans were on the other side. And in some, one of the German sectors, some of the men sitting down in those trenches, covered in mud and freezing and cold and missing their loved ones and probably having memories, thinking about being home by the fire with their family and their loved ones and friends, they began to sing Silent Night. And across no man's land, in the British trenches, they heard the song coming up. And some of them began to sing Silent Night. And eventually, one of those British soldiers rose, popped his head up over the trench to look to see if it was safe. And he had a white flag. And he stood up. I don't know what made him stand up. Maybe he was at the point where I don't care, you know? And he stood up waving the white flag and the Germans pointed their weapons at him, but not one shot was fired. And as the British soldier slowly walked toward the trench on the other side, a German soldier got up and they began to walk towards one another. And as their comrades watched, they one by one began to get out of their trenches and slowly walked towards the middle with their rifles laid down. 
And as they stared at each other, they came towards the meeting in the middle. And they met in the middle. And they extended their hands to one another. And then as time went by on Christmas Day, they had made it through the night and they, they were singing songs and they were, they were playing soccer. Somebody said, well, how did that happen? And I was told that you're not a true Brit unless you've got a soccer ball, a football with you. And they were playing soccer. Some took pictures. Some exchanged a little token of something with somebody else. And I heard one story that they even gave some, gave haircuts to the soldiers on the other side. But eventually, they had to retreat back to their trenches because they were ordered by high command that if they ever did such a thing again, they would be executed. And the day after Christmas, as dawn came up over those trenches, the carnage began as the rifles began to fire and the bayonets began to stab and everything was back to normal again. See, the spirit of Christmas may produce a truce, but it won't bring total peace. The spirit of Christmas makes people think of peace and goodwill. The spirit of Christmas thinks in terms of giving and forgiving. The spirit of Christmas, even we see celebrities that go and to the, feed the homeless or work at a soup kitchen or something like that. And though the spirit of Christmas doesn't seem to last, it does say something about the deepest longings of the human heart. And it says something about the incapacities of the human heart. Because the fact that it cannot last means that there's something missing and we need help. And so I've simply made the title Christmas all year long. And my first point is simply this, that the spirit of Christmas needs to be replaced by the spirit of Christ. The spirit of Christmas needs to be superseded by the spirit of Christ. Let me read something to you that we've read all through the Christmas holiday, Christmas season, Christmas classes, home groups, everything else. But from the book of Luke, chapter 1, verse beginning with verse 26, it says, In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, to a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. And Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name of Jesus. And he will be called great, didn't we just sing that? And will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father's David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And his kingdom will be no end. How will this be? Mary asked the angel since I am a virgin. And the angel answered the Holy Spirit 
will come upon you. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who is said to be barren is in her sixth month for nothing. Say this last part here. For nothing is impossible with God. And Mary replies, I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said. And the angel left her. Won't you just quickly look at the difference between the spirit of Christmas and the spirit of Christ. The spirit of Christmas is annual. Unless you're QVC and do Christmas in July. But even then it's not Christmas, is it? It's just marked down stuff they're trying to get rid of. The spirit of Christmas is annual, but the spirit of Christ is eternal. The spirit of Christmas is sentimental, but the spirit of Christ is supernatural. The spirit of Christ is a human product. I mean, the spirit of Christmas is a human product, but the spirit of Christ is a divine person. The angel told Mary that she was going to experience the birth of Christ through the Holy Spirit in her life. I want you to think about that for a moment. The angel said that the power of the Almighty God through the Holy Spirit was going to rest on her, overshadow her. And the angel said to her that the one who would be born through you one that would be born in you, conceived in you, and born through you would be the one whose kingdom would never end. That statement, that angel's statement should resonate with us. And you think, why? Well, while Mary experienced the physical birth of Christ by the Holy Spirit in her body and in her life, the same Holy Spirit brings a spiritual birth of Christ into our lives. The Bible teaches us that it is possible for Christ to be born in people's lives by the Holy Spirit. The Apostle Paul, in writing to the believers in Rome, he said, if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who lives in you. Now, I understand in the context of what Paul is saying here, he's referring to what happens when we die. That if we die and we're in the ground, that the spirit who raised Christ from the dead will also raise us from the dead. I understand that. And while he's referring to what happens, he clearly relates to something else. And that is that the spirit of him who raised up Christ, the spirit of the Father God, who breathed life into his son, he can actually come and do the same thing in our lives. We who have been born again by the spirit of God, what 
caused it to happen. It wasn't a prayer. It wasn't someone touching us. It was the Spirit of God moving into our lives, God breathing upon us, and something being conceived, born inside of us, the Spirit of the living God, the same God who raised Christ from the dead. Do we really believe that? Do we really believe that the same spirit that raised Jesus dwells in us? Do we? I mean, do we really? Or is it that just that's what we've learned, so that's what we repeat? Do we really believe it's the same spirit? If that, if that is so, then the spirit of him who raised Christ from the dead comes into our lives to make Christ as if he was born within us. The Bible says that without, before, before this miraculous event of Christ renewing, rebirthing our lives, regenerating life in us, we were dead to sin. We were dead in our sins. We were spiritually dead. The, Paul, the Apostle Paul, again, writes to the believers in Galatia, and he uses a really dramatic term. He, 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 he's writing to the believers there, the young believers there. He's the young believers, not unbelievers, but the young believers there who are giving him all kinds of fits. Can I tell you, babies at any age can be bothersome at times. You know, the best thing about being a grandparent is you get to give the child back after you've spoiled them, you know. And, and, and uh, I remember my daughter one time saying, Mama, don't let them do that. And my wife told my daughter, if they're in my house, I'll let them do what I want them to do. <laughs> but Paul was having trouble with the Galatians and he writes to them, in, in, in chapter 4 and verse 19, and he says this, My dear children, I could hear him almost saying, like a father who's almost said his words, My dear children, please listen. He says, For whom I, I am again in the pains of childbirth. Do you see the picture there? We read it by so fast we don't think about it. He's like, Oh. I feel like I'm birthing you all over again. And the Spirit's what he's talking about. He says, I am again in, in the pains of childbirth until Christ is formed, where? In you. In you. There's something supernatural going on inside us. Whether you've known Christ for a day, a week, a month, a year, or 50 years. It doesn't matter. That supernatural working is, is still there. In other words, the essence of Christianity is this remarkable truth that Jesus Christ came from heaven and died for us on a cross and rose again so that the person of the Holy Spirit might indwell in us. We looked last week at the understanding why he came, why he was necessary. It was necessary for him to become flesh, die, 
live among us and die on a cross and be raised again. But we can't leave this part out. He said, I'm going to my Father in heaven. I must go. If I don't go, then the Comforter, the Holy Spirit, cannot come. And he left. And the Spirit of God came. And he's still working things in our lives. When you understand it's the Spirit of God that raised Christ from the dead, the same Spirit, the same Spirit, it's the same Spirit. Say that with me. The same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead. The possibilities of what God can and wants to do in your life and my life is unfathomable. It's impossible. We're not talking about an annual event on the calendar. We said, 24 more days till Christmas. You know, I saw the day after Christmas. I saw on my social media page, people were going 365 more days till Christmas. I'm thinking, no, no, we ain't doing it. Look, can I tell you something? It's, we're not talking about, I'm not looking for an annual event. I'm talking about a continual event. The continual indwelling of the Spirit of God. We're not talking about something sentimental. We're talking about something supernatural. That's what's wrong with the church today. We can plan everything out to the last minute. We can, we can set it up and say, we want a 67-minute service. We want a 43-minute this or, or a 19-minute this. You can plan things in the natural, but you cannot plan the supernatural. You need a supernatural God and people who are filled with the supernatural endowment of power of the spirit of God otherwise we just look and go oh well one more year gone check it off tear it off same thing same time next year no I'm telling you Holy Spirit says I have set some things up and there will be those who will walk into it and there will be those who will just stand there and watch I'm telling you, I feel the Holy Spirit on this. You've got to decide today. You need, you need to make up your mind and determine now, will I walk into what God has or will I stand back and wait and see? Can I tell you that the opportunity of a lifetime is only available during the lifetime of that opportunity? And when that door closes, it's gone. God is saying, get ready. I'm I've already established things. And I am looking for those who are willing to say, the spirit of Christ who dwells in me is the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. I am endued with power. I am endued with the spirit. I am able to walk into what God has prepared for me. We... We hear the scripture all the time. Eye is not seen and ear is not heard. Neither is it entered into the heart of men. The things that God has prepared for his people. And most of the time it's used to talk about the sweet by and by. But we're not living in the sweet by and by. We're in the nasty now and now. And God has prepared things right now for you and I. Things that you and I can't even imagine. 
can't even imagine. Let's just kick normalcy to the curb. Come on, can we just kick normalcy to the curb and say the same old, same old, don't live here no more. I'm not going to live that way anymore. I am going to walk into what God has for me. I'm not going to wait until December 1st rolls around to get the spirit of Christmas on me. I am going to dwell and let the spirit of Christ move in me. I wish I could tell you how I'm feeling. I'm just telling you. It's God in Christ through the Holy Spirit born in men and women. That, that which is born in us is of the Holy Spirit. The angel told Mary, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. I have become convinced this week. You say, why this week, Pastor? Just this week, I've just been taking a little extra time to hear. I said, Lord, I don't want to be pastor of a church without hearing you for the days ahead. I know I walk by faith. I know we live day to day. I know he's not going to reveal every single thing to us ahead of time. Because then if he does that, then I don't have to trust him. Amen. But I can get an inkling. You ever heard that phrase? <laughs> I, 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 I get the sense of what the Spirit is saying. He says, son, I've prepared things. He said, there are things prepared that the world is not prepared for. Listen to me. There are some things coming in this next year the world is not ready for. But the church doesn't live in darkness. The church is to live in light. And Jesus said, I send the Spirit of God that when he comes, he will reveal to you all truth concerning me and will show you things to come. That's Bible. Amen. That's Bible. When I say show you, he, he'll pull back the veil ever so slightly and say, son, there's some things set up. You need to understand some things. And I'm telling you, there's some things in the world that's going to happen that, listen to me, the world's not ready for and most of the church isn't. And when they begin to happen, they're going to go, oh, 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 Jesus, what's going on? But the people who understand is that the Spirit of God lives inside of them, and he speaks to them through the Word of God, and he leads them in the paths of righteousness. He ordains our steps. My goodness, he ordains them. We walk in that. We're not going to be caught off guard. You maybe get a surprise once in a while, but you know what? You're not going to be shocked or ambushed by it. You go, well, I didn't expect that. You know, I mean, that's wonderful. That's like, I remember one year, my, my family and I, we just saw when my children were small, we said, let's go see grandma and grandpa. And, and, and we were living in South Louisiana. They lived in over in Alabama and in the boondocks in Alabama. I mean, in the boonies. 
And, 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 and uh, I said, we found it on a map because they didn't have internet and GPS and all that stuff back then. Had to look it up how to get there, cut through all these windy roads. And we got there finally late that night. It was Christmas Eve. And we said, shh. And we snuck up onto the porch. Tracy, you remember that? Okay. And we, we snuck up on the porch. And I said, let's sing Christmas carols. You know, just something simple. You know, like, you know, it's like a jingle bells or something like that. You know, you can't mess jingle bells up. And, and my folks, because they lived way out in the country, they could think, where in the world are these carolers coming from? And when they opened the door, there was, you know, us and the grandkids. And they were shocked, blown away, because they weren't expecting it. Look, I like surprises that God does. But he doesn't want to ambush us. He said, you are the children of the light, not the children of darkness. And I'm just telling you that God is saying, get prepared, get ready, understand who it is that's living inside of you. See, we could take the spirit of Christmas and fold it up in a box and go put it in the attic or the garage or wherever you store all those Christmas decorations. Or you can experience the spirit of Christ throughout this next year. That's the difference. That's the choice we have to make. We need to think of our terms of the, our relationship with the Holy Spirit and the kingdom of God who lives and resides within us. You are here for kingdom purposes, which brings me to my third point. And that is that the Holy Spirit enables us to gladly come under the kingdom and be available for his service. We need to change the mindset in the church that God is on the throne to serve us. That, that's the popular theme that's preached from most pulpits today. You know, 14 ways that God wants to bless you and 17 ways to this and whatever. Listen, I thank God we have a heavenly father who loves us, who shows mercy and his compassions they fail not. And his mercies are fresh and new every single morning. And there's no exhaustion of his grace and his love towards us. There's no ending of it, okay? I understand that. But, and there's nothing wrong with saying that. But he's not, you know, I, I've said it before, a lot of people treat God, just kind of you know, Christians in church, kind of like, you know, Mardi Gras, like, like God's the guy on the float throwing stuff and we're going, throw me something, God. No, listen to me. If he's the king of kings, is he? Then there's a kingdom. I said it Wednesday night. And if there's a kingdom, there are rules. He is the ruler over all. He is the Lord over all. He establishes those things. And when we have the spirit of God birthed in us, he imparts to us the life of the risen spirit of, of, of Christ. We, we begin to accept that we are under his kingdom and we become available for his service. Mary said this when the angel said what was going to happen. The, Mary, the angel said for nothing is impossible with God. We got to remember that part. 
Listen, you better write that down. You need to put that in a few places, on your mirror, your refrigerator, at your office, wherever, in your car. Nothing is impossible with God. Because things are going to happen in the coming year, and you're going to think, Pastor Bob lied to me. He said, I never said difficulty would not come your way. I never said trials wouldn't come your way, because if I said that, it wouldn't be biblical. Because Jesus said, in this world, you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have have already overcome the world we need to we need to you need to make your motto this year nothing and put capitalize it you know nothing is impossible for God if it is according to the divine will of God it is within the divine capability of God to do it to bring it to pass. Mary simply said, I am the Lord's servant. Now that sounds all sweet and so innocent. I am the Lord's servant. You know. The word that is used there for servant is a word that simply means slave. I am a slave of the Lord. Paul uses it in much of his writings. He said, I am a bond servant. That's more than just being a servant. That means I have no purpose to live other than to serve my king. My delight is serving my king. My delight is carrying out his will. The other day I woke up in the middle of the night with an old chorus song. It really is a scripture verse that I remember we learned in, in years ago when scriptures were first, be first being put to, to music. And, and it just simply says, I delight to do your will, oh God. I delight to do your will. And to walk with thee is not grievous unto me, for I delight to do your will. You say, why would you wake up in the middle of the night singing that? My spirit was. I wasn't. My body was out. But my spirit woke up, and I'm, I'm singing this song in my mind as it's coming. I delight to do your will, oh God. I delight to do your will. And to walk with thee is not grievous unto me. For I delight to do your will. All day long, that song just hung on me all day long it hung on me and I realized look we all get tired come on we're gonna we're gonna get down where the rubber meets the road now we all have days where we just like to just throw in the towel we have days where when a U-Haul truck goes by and you start fantasizing about Utah Right? I mean, you're just like, I am just ready to forget it. 
Walk out. And this is what I have to remember. I didn't make this choice. For the Spirit of the Lord is upon me to preach to the captives, to those who have the broken heart, to those who need deliverance, that eyes might be opened, ears might begin to hear, and life might be birthed. You say, but I'm not a preacher. Oh, you are. Your life speaks volumes. Are you a, a person who's filled with the angst of this world? Are you a person who's filled with the spirit of the living God? When you walk into work, are you walking into work at the first of the week and you're... Oh, man, I can't believe it's Monday. Or I can't believe the holiday's over. I got so much to do. I got, nobody wants your Jesus. I'm just telling you. Mary simply says to the angel, I'm your servant. I'm a servant of the Most High God. I'll gladly come under his kingdom. I'll gladly make myself available. I will gladly avail myself to whatever he wants. Let his will be done, not mine. That's our attitude. That should be our attitude, right, folks? Hey, what would happen if you get up in the morning instead of oh, the oh, ooh, ah, oh, what would happen if you would wake up in the morning and the first thing you thought of is, Lord, behold your servant. I am available. I am empowered by your Holy Spirit. Lord, I want the expression of your life to be seen through my life. Jesus, I am yours today. Do with me as you wish. You'd shock your own family. Some of you, you're not ready for it, I'm telling you. You need to try it one time, though. You just need to try it and mean it. It'll revolutionize your thinking. I'm just telling you. And when you get up and you got that ache and pain, you go, <laughs> he can still use me. I'm still available, Lord. That's not going to hold me back. That's not going to stop me. You see, when you begin to do that, you know what happens? Something similar to the spirit of Christmas happens on a continual, perpetual basis in your life. Only it isn't the spirit of Christmas, it's the spirit of Christ. It becomes renewed in you, and it gets stronger and stronger. And, and let, me, let me close it. Listen, the, Holy, the Apostle Paul wrote and explained to us the battles with the flesh. You know, when we think of flesh, we think of this stuff right here. But when Paul's talking about the flesh, he's talking about all the things like anger and envy and, and covetousness and bitterness and strife and all the things that we try and dismiss during the Christmas season. But I guarantee you, some of you, the day, before the day of Christmas was over, you were already back to normal. See, within us is born a, a nature that is in 
total opposite of the Spirit of God. And you may be born again, but I, I learned something when I was a young Christian, and that is that in the moment that Christ forgave me, I was forgiven, but I was not perfected. Because I still had a battle with the same old Bob. Come on now. You know what I'm talking about. I mean, I remember the day after. There were certain things God instantly took out of my life. I didn't know a verse of scripture. I just knew that Christ had come in, Jesus had come into my life, and the weight of the world had been lifted off my shoulders. And, and I began to, uh, I didn't even understand all, any of that stuff. And, but there were certain things he took immediately away, and other things were a struggle. I may be forgiven, and I may have been made right in the eyes of God, but I wasn't perfected, and I'm still not 53 years plus later. But I'm not where I used to be. <clears throat> so we have a battlefield going on inside. David Wilkerson years ago wrote a little pamphlet about the struggle between in the, in the flesh, in the spirit. And he said, the things that I don't want to do are the things that I do, and the things that I want to do are the things that I don't do. That's what Paul wrote to the church in Rome. And, and David Wilkerson likened it to a tug of war. And every morning you get up and there's this tug of war going on between the flesh nature and the Christ nature inside of us. And I want to close by telling you this little story. I learned this a while back, and it came to mind this, this past week. And um, how many of you have ever heard of the cuckoo bird? Some of you go, you mean the cuckoo clock that has a little bird? There's actually a bird called a cuckoo bird. And it is, there are very many varieties of it. Um, it is most common in Europe and Asia. And, but it, it always goes, it flies south during the winter to Africa. Those little birds fly a long ways. But the first sign of spring in the areas where you'll see one of the, a cuckoo bird is that sound. Cuckoo. You know, they make that sound. You'll hear it. And people will tell you, they, just flocks of them come in, you'll just hear it all day long. Imagine a cuckoo clock going off 24 hours a day. You know, all day long. Cuckoo, 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 cuckoo. Man, I'd be out there with a shotgun, man. I'm like, <laughs> I'm going to get rid of this cuckoo, right? I mean, really. I always wanted a cuckoo clock when I was growing up, and my mama said, no, this house is full of enough cuckoos. <laughs> you know? And, uh, but the interesting thing about a cuckoo bird is the cuckoo bird never builds a nest. When the cuckoo bird is about to lay an egg, it flies around looking for a nest similar to another bird type of bird. And when that parent bird is gone, that cuckoo bird will swoop in and lay the egg and then fly off. That is the extent of the parenting skills of a cuckoo bird. And we got a lot of those cuckoos running around in our society today too. I don't mean to be mean, but I'm just telling you. Now, the parent bird of the other species comes back to the nest, 
And there's an extra egg there, but that mama bird isn't very good at math or arithmetic. And that bird will sit on that nest. And, and the thing is, the cuckoo bird egg is usually bigger than the others. She, she probably can't figure out why she's leaning. But she'll sit on that nest until the eggs begin to hatch. And, and the interesting thing is that the, the chick of a cuckoo bird is usually two to three times larger than the chicks that will be hatched by the, by the mother of the other species. So when the, when the hatchlings come out or they begin to come out, the mother bird instantly goes out and starts looking for food to bring back to the babies. And when that mother bird comes back, let's say they've hatched, all of them have hatched, okay? And let's say there's four of the other species and one cuckoo bird. That mother bird's gonna swoop in and it sees four little chicks with their mouths open and one big cuckoo bird over here with a mouth that's twice the size or three times the size of the other ones. Guess who gets the food? And this is a known fact. You don't believe me, you can go look it up. It's a known fact that that, that, that cuckoo bird will take almost all of the food that that mother bird brings back. And the cuckoo bird gets bigger and the smaller birds start starving and get smaller. And it's not unusual that if the cuckoo bird hatches first, it will grow and it will eventually push the eggs of the other birds out so that they never hatch. Or if they do hatch together, it will outgrow the other chicks by so much, it will push them out of the nest. And they say that you can usually find a cuckoo bird nest by looking on the ground, because you'll see dead chicks of another bird. Some of you are going, Pastor, that's a terrible story. The cuckoo bird does it to monopolize, to monopolize the food. And the moral is very simple. You have two natures in one nest. And the nature you're feeding will grow. And the nature you're starving will diminish. You can say, not me hate to tell you, yes, you, same thing for me. And you cannot live on yesterday's manna. You cannot exist on yesterday's experience with God. Yes, you can learn from them, but you were never meant to exist by them. It's fresh bread, fresh manna, fresh oil, fresh wind, fresh breath of God that we need in our lives. If we go on sowing to the flesh, we will reap the flesh in corruption. Go to the next slide, please. And if we go on sowing to the spirit, we will reproduce life. So you can either reap corruption or reproduce life. 
Which one sounds better to you? Here's the thing. The human heart longs for three things. An experience of Jesus Christ crucified for the forgiveness of our sin. Jesus Christ risen and ascended to the Father for access to God. And the indwelling power Jesus, of Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit so that our lives may be changed. Now I want you to see something. There are so many people that populate churches today and outside the church that their experience stopped at number one. And you cannot stand still without beginning to regress. You're either going forward or you're going backwards. You're not going to stand still. And so many have, have, have prayed a little prayer. And that's, that's the fault of the clergy of most, most churches because we tell people, just pray this little prayer and you'll, you'll spend eternity with Jesus. What they don't tell them is that you need to count the cost and that you need to lay everything down and you need to follow him. It's going to cost you something to follow him. It won't cost you anything to, to come after him. Listen, Jesus paid the price for our salvation. But he didn't expect us just to stay there. Well, I'm forgiven. What are you doing with it? Who are you telling about it? Then we need Christ risen and ascended in our lives to give us access to the Father. What, you know how incredible it was when it dawned on this little Roman Catholic boy that I could walk straight into the throne of God and talk to the Father and tell him my needs and I didn't need to go to somebody in between. That literally shook my world. Because I was told I had to go to somebody else and tell them and they would go to God for me. No, 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 no. Jesus paved that path with his precious blood. And the Bible says we can boldly come before the throne of God. We can boldly walk in there. Not arrogantly, but boldly. Why? With confidence. Because we know that he's paid the way. But that's still not enough. You need to be filled with the power of Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit. Because the job of the Spirit is to bring about change. John the Baptist said, when he who comes after me, he will baptize you not with water, but with Holy Ghost fire that fire is to is to purge everything out of your life that doesn't belong is to cleanse us from all the things that we shouldn't even be there we need change we need transformation Wednesday morning in prayer, that's the word God kept giving me, transformation, transformation. And I walked through these aisles until 6.30 or so, and I walked and I prayed, transformation, transformation, transformation. I went to lock the front door, turn out the lights to leave, and I walked back in here. And I was walking back and forth, Brother Tiger. I was saying, Lord, bring transformation in, in lives this year. Bring transformation in my life. Bring transformation in our church. Bring transformation transformation in our city, bring transformation in our families, bring transformation in our marriages, bring transformation in our children, bring transformation in our teens, bring transformation, the kind that comes from the spirit of the living God.
I know some of you visiting the first time thinking, that man just getting too excited. So let me end it. To look back, this should be your goal for 2024. Should the Lord give you breath. Every day you're alive, your goal should be to be able to look back and see in some specific ways in which you have grown spiritually. Because if you're here next time, next year, and you're going, there hasn't been any change, anything, somebody missed the message. You missed what God wants to do. He wants to bring about change. And you say, well, pastor, I don't do, deal with change real well. Well, let me help you with that. It's not about you. It's the Spirit of God working in you. And it's you bringing yourself under His kingdom rule. It's like Mary who said, I am a servant of the Lord. Be it unto me according to your word. It's not what I want. It's what God wants. And can I tell you, God wants His best for you. Now, his best and your best may look different. In fact, I will almost guarantee it. To borrow that phrase. I'm telling you. But when God is in it, it's awesome. What God is about to do is beyond anything that you can imagine. It will be like Christmas all year long. Because it's not the spirit of Christmas. It's the spirit of Christ at work in you. How many of you want the spirit of Christ working in you through this next year? And you're willing to say, Lord, be it unto me according to your word. Whatever you want, however you want to do it, God, I am available. If that's you and you're able to stand and you want to say that that's your declaration that I'm going to ask you to stand right where you're at we're going to pray and we're going to Father I just thank you even those watching by way of the internet they're standing they're standing because God you're not bound by geographic location You're not bound by geographic location. You're not bound by the walls of this facility. The Spirit of the living God is at work. Holy Ghost, we stand and we say, here I am. Do your work and me. Do your work in me. Have your way. However you need to do it, Lord. I am your servant. I surrender everything to you, Jesus.
I surrender everything to you. My friends, God is at work. God is at work. I told you at the beginning of this month that we were praying for Christmas awakenings. Remember that? That we, there would be an awakening in the hearts and the minds of people of who Christ is, and who God is, and what He desires. And we've had testimony after testimony after testimony. And I got a testimony. Because <laughs> I got a text this week from my son asking for prayer. concerning his oldest child that we have also been praying for. When I opened it up and I read it to my wife, she stopped and looked at me and I looked at her. I said, Ooh, I got it in writing. I passed that along to my daughter and immediately she responds and then she goes, wait, he asked for prayer? So, Jesus, God, you're at work. Listen, I don't bring, I don't say a lot that's personal and things like that, but I couldn't help the rest of that day. I, 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 every time I opened my phone, I'd go back to that text. Get my glasses. Oh, yeah, I see, I see, I see. Oh, God, 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 you're working, you're working. I'm telling you, and I'm not saying this to embarrass them. I'm just telling you, God has been, God's been at work. And he simply reminded us, are you willing to believe all things, all things, all things are possible. Quit putting the impossible on God. The things that God say is possible. Father, I just pray right now for everyone that's standing in this place. I pray that the word of the Lord would just break through the hardened heart, break through the, the mental blocks that would break through the words of our own mouth that just limit you. And God, we would begin to say, bid unto me according to your word. I am available. God, all things are possible. And this is the year that I will see the, the, the celebration of God in my house and in my life and my children's lives and in my spouse's life and in my church. and. God, just let it spread. Breath of heaven, blow afresh on us.
something by saying these words Holy Spirit now recorded them in the, the, the annals of heaven and when you say here I am I'm available get ready because don't be like the kid in school there we go I know it and you hide behind the person in front of you you know hoping they don't call on you the minute you duck down that teacher that teacher saw you it was like you wanted to be blended into the background but you know you're like we hey stop get behind that guy they won't see me first home meeting I ever went to Stockton, California was a man there filled with the Holy Spirit. Whoo, I mean, and he was he was speaking, and all of a sudden he looked, and I was in the overflow room of this huge old house, and 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 he pointed in my direction, but I was on the back row, 
and there's like two rows in front of me of folding chairs of young people, you know, and, and all the adults were on the inner sanctum part of the building, you know, and, but us young folks, we were sitting in the outer, like dining room area, and, and he pointed in that direction, and, 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 and I, I, I just ducked behind the guy by, in front of me like that. I did, like, like he, won't, he can't see me across the room if I get down like this. And he just kept pointing. So the guy in the front row goes, me? And so he moved over. So the next guy goes, me? And he moved over, and there I am like this. Just bent down, like I was hiding, except I was exposed. And God called me out. A man called me out. Quiet, little man, quiet, spoken. J.C. Anderson was his name. He was illiterate, couldn't read. Drove a street sweeper with the Spirit of God on him. So he could read your mail. And he called me out. And I'm going to like, like there ain't nobody behind me. I don't know why I'm pointing at me, you know. He called me out in the middle of this room with all these people around. I'd never been to a meeting like this before. And he, 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 he says, come here. I had to lean down for him to talk in my ear. And he told me something about my life that nobody, not even my mom knew. And my mom knew a lot. I get home, she goes, I know what you've been up to. And when you got six younger brothers and sisters, you assume they, they told on you. But there was no way they could know. But she had just come to the Lord and filled with the Holy Ghost and God would show her things about her kids. Parents, you ought to be praying, be filled with the Holy Ghost for your kids. And my mouth just dropped open and he told me, he said, the Lord told me to call you and tell you this very thing that nobody else knows. And I wanted to say, and please don't tell anyone. And he said, to prove to you that God is God and he has a call on your life for him. I didn't know what that meant. All I knew was that God was God. He said, I want to pray for you. And he reached up to just touch me and he never did. Because it was like between his hand and my head, there was something there. And I fell backward on hardwood floors. And I, I had this vision. I was in a field of popcorn. Literally, a field like three feet deep in popcorn. And I laid there under the power. I didn't know what that was. For like 45 minutes, Holy Spirit put me down. And when I got up, he was still teaching. I look around, all these, I wanted to run from there. And yet something inside said, don't leave, don't leave, don't leave. And I learned right there. He said, he showed me this to prove to you that he's God. And he knows you and that he has a plan for you. And he's called you. I didn't know what any of that meant, but I knew I wanted it. That was 53 years ago. And I'm telling you, same God has now written it down. You can have my all. You can have my all. You can have my all. I give it all to you, God. We're going to sing that chorus one more time. And then we're going to be blessed. I'm going to bless you and dismiss you. Here I am You can have it all 
Lord, let them walk out of here with a confidence and assurance that God, you have called them, that God, you have put the same spirit that raised your son out of the grave now dwells within your church, your believers, Lord God, your followers. Father, let them walk out of here knowing that there's a not only a promise, there is a commission. There is a command to go and to tell others and make disciples that the word of the Lord might go from house to house, from town to town, from village to village, across this nation and across this world. We pray this now in the mighty name of Jesus. I release them as the under shepherd of this church. I release them in Jesus' name. Go in peace. Amen and amen and amen. God bless you. If you need special prayer for anything, come, we'll pray for you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.